We open on another scientific site, as another human scientist attempts to impress the Autobots with his tinkering. I guess he thinks his remote control plane will somehow avoid the mocking scrutiny that's been heaped upon other human endeavors. Ironhide's hanging out here in vehicle mode, completely oblivious to the fact that he has two boomboxes, one Autobot red and the other Decepticon blue, sitting inside his tailgate. Because Ironhide is an idiot. A fight ensues, and conventional wisdom tells me that now is not a good time to come a-knockin'. Soundwave cowardly abandons Ravage to his fate, which is actually a little out of character, usually he's fairly compassionate when it comes to his cassette guys, and returns to Megatron, who's greedily watching the proceedings from nearby. In fact, he's so nearby that it's difficult to see why Soundwave bothered hiding in the first place, apart from the fact that the writers love that whole disregarded radio turns into deadly menace bit. I just don't get why everyone isn't constantly on the lookout for a blue boombox by this point, not to mention the giant Decepticon insignia right there on the cassette door. Starscream is itching to destroy the little plane, but Megatron insists that he be more discreet. So instead, he flies right over top of the thing and drops a tiny bomb on it, which is much more discreet, flying into open view, rather than shooting it from safe cover. I guess that was a distraction or something, because while five Autobots drive off to inspect the wreckage, actually six, Blaster returned to his spot in Ironhide's Iron Hide, Megatron invades the lab proper. Once again, Optimus Prime's utter refusal to ever split his forces proves to be the team's undoing. Starscream, continuing his unusually high bloodthirst in this episode, hey, fine with me, these are the bad guys, threatens to melt off the face of one of the puny humans if he doesn't turn over the plans to... something. Who knows? Who cares? I really just wanted him to resist. But of course he doesn't, and he escapes with his face intact. Damn. But before they can get the plans for the all-important... The Autobots show up and counterattack with... Rock music and flashing colors. And invisibility. Damn it, I thought we'd moved a little bit forward finally. At least Hound's not... Oh, oh, god damn it. Meanwhile, Bumblebee's riding the teacups with Spike and Carly. I never actually thought a sentence like that would be a welcome break from the main action. This is supposed to be fun? You'll see, Bumblebee. <laughs> Man, that opens up a whole world of questions. Number one would be, how did Carly know exactly where Bumblebee's pleasure button was? We haven't seen her for about 14 episodes, and when we saw her last, she had an unmistakable fetish for robots. How exactly has she been passing the time since then? Anyway, they finish at the amusement park, then head to the airport to pick up Sparkplug. And naturally, while they're there, they stumble upon a secret Decepticon base right off the runway. Fortunately, it's still 1985, and they can just wander onto the runway without any hassle. Bumblebee calls for help, and since we haven't seen the Dinobots for a few weeks, Wheeljack lets them out of the closet. And for some reason, they're kind of resistant to the idea of helping, and a little hostile. I cannot imagine why. The dinos make quick work of the Decepticons, unsurprisingly. Wait, what? Megatron figures out that they're more vulnerable in robot mode and actually fucks them up pretty good. Nice. Inferno shows up to, ah, you know. And the rest of the rescue party dig out the Dinobots and cart them back home. So the repair team gets to work, and everyone starts complaining about how much better things were on Cybertron. Which I believe, but... Well, nobody likes people like that. It's like when you meet somebody from Texas and they won't shut up about how great Texas is. Well, why'd you leave then? Meanwhile, Transformers on both sides start going all wonky. Grapple makes a building collapse. Soundwave ejects Ravage, who paces around in circles, presumably looking for a place to lie down. My dog does this. It drives me fucking nuts. Just lie down! Rumble starts punching Megatron completely involuntarily. Yeah, if I had a boss that led me to defeat so frequently, I'd make up something like that too. Whoa, can't help it. Robot insanity's got me. I guess at some point in between here, the Decepticons get their shit together enough to mount a fresh assault, though there seems to be a scene missing to that effect. 
Optimus calls back to the Dinobots, who have just been repaired, for help, but they refuse. They're tired of living in a closet and only being let out when the rest of the team is in over their heads. So they desert the team. Oh, hey, I just got the title. A fight happens, and more guys malfunction. Hey, I'm stuck! I can't transform! Ow! Thanks! I think... There's actually a pretty legitimately funny series of malfunctions in this next bit. Megatron's voice stops working, so Starscream... So Starscream proclaims himself leader, then crashes to the ground pathetically. Ironhide tries to use his liquid nitrogen and freezes himself. Mirage thinks he turns invisible and blindly charges right into the business end of Thundercracker's gun. Go ahead, leader. Do something. It's only too spiky. I have nothing snarky to say about that one. I just think it's a cool line. So yeah, the upshot to all this is, all the Transformers are missing some mumbo-jumbo chemical that makes them go. Only the Dinobots, who were built on Earth, remain unaffected. The chemical is called Cybertonium, which only exists on Cybertron. You know, where everything's so great. Spike and Carly learn that Shockwave is shipping some fresh Cybertonium over the space bridge, and decide to hit up the Dinobots for help. If you don't help, the Decepticons will get all the Cybertonium they need. Cybertonium? Cybertron! Okay, let's do it! Yeah, for an episode called Desertion of the Dinobots, they really only stay gone about five minutes, then immediately come back on only the flimsiest reasoning imaginable. But hey, whatever. They manage to get themselves shot off to Cybertron, then they remember that they're mad at everyone and refuse to come home. Which may be the worst cliffhanger yet. But hey, Spike and Carly are going after them, so part two promises to... Um... I got nothing. And now it's time for this week's architecture lesson. The quickest way to rebuild an airport is with a bricklaying airplane. And don't worry about windows or doors. Perfectly enclosed square structures are totally the way to go. So much for your secret hideout, Megatron! Even the Marauding Dinobots 